0: We're going to bring it back together. Don't make me call your name and tell you to stop talking and come to your seat, okay? I will do that. Usually it has no effect, because if you want a cup of coffee, you don't listen to the person up front no matter what you're doing or what they say. So, hey, good morning again. It's so good to be here. Um, My name is Bjorn Anderson. I'm part of the leadership team here, and... I'm going to share a little bit of a charge to our church congregation on this day that we uh, install Sam as our new lead pastor, and then afterwards, it's very exciting. It is so exciting. Let's give a big round of applause for Sam installed as the lead pastor. That's what I'm talking about. If you can cheer like crazy for a mediocre Patriots team, you can cheer for Sam Huggard being the new lead pastor. Um so, uh, I'm going to give a little charge to the congregation, then we're going to have some video greetings um, from some people, we're going to hear briefly from Chris Clinch, and then we have um, Brad Johnson, who is actually a, um, works on the district level with Nita, who's going to come and give a charge to Sam. So, we're going to have a lot of people talking, but um, we're going to try to move fast, because um, Abby, my wife, is teaching in DIG, and she's like, how many people are talking? And so uh, we want to be cognizant of the people and dig. So, Hey, I want to start off this charge, the congregation. I want to talk about uh, hard jobs. And I realize that um, many of us probably feel like we have hard vocational jobs. And if we went around, we could share why our jobs are hard. Um, And unless you're like a a professional bowler or a YouTube influencer, you probably feel like your job is hard. Um, But when I think of hard jobs, we actually elected a number of people this week to hard jobs and whether um, the candidates you supported won or lost or you didn't vote, like they, that, I think politics is the worst job I can frankly imagine. We need to pray for those people that are in positions of power. That's a hard job. When I think of hard jobs, on sort of a different end of the spectrum, I think of an elementary school teacher, okay? I think this is the toughest job in America. Like when we go to our kids' conferences in elementary school and we sit in those like little chairs I am like sweating looking around the room thinking if I was tasked with first of all just setting up this room and then 25 seven year olds would descend on this room every morning at 8 a.m. and I would have to teach them things like not, I would have to teach them like the alphabet and numbers, like things they will really need and that, that is a hard job. I would have no idea how I would do it. But this morning um, we're celebrating Sam for willingly walking into a job that is hard, a job that we would actually call, uh, say, is, is more of a calling, the job of lead pastor of Dover Be Free Church. And the last few years, frankly, have been hard on pastors in our country. A, a Barna poll that was released uh, earlier this year or last year said that at any given time, 38% of people in pastoral leadership are strongly considering quitting their jobs because it's so hard and been so discouraging in the last few years. The last few years have also been hard on pastors in our church. We've had two pastors leave that we love, that we care about. It's been hard as we've watched pastors walk away. But that being said, today we celebrate the goodness of God in calling Sam as a new lead pastor for our church. Conveniently, on this day, we're also walking through a text in our Ephesians series that talks about pastoral leadership. That was good planning by our new lead pastor to come up with that on this day. We've been talking about Ephesians as a a set of lenses or glasses that help us see Jesus in the world properly. And we're gonna read Ephesians four, seven through 12, which is a set of lenses to help us see pastoral leadership properly. So I'm gonna read Ephesians four, seven through 12. The text will be on the screen behind me if you'd like to follow along. And the scriptures are just watch, uh, see on the screen. So Ephesians 4, 7 through 12 says this. But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. This is why it says, when he ascended on high, he led captives in his train and gave gifts to men. What does he ascended mean except that he also descended to the lower earthly regions? He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. It was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. That's the word of God for the people of God. I want to make three observations and two applications in less than 10 minutes about this text. Number one, God is a giver. God is a giver. We're coming into the Christmas season Pretty soon we're going to start thinking about giving and receiving gifts. The best gift giver I have ever known in my life was my dad. He gave intentionally, joyfully, and thoughtfully to people. So much so that my father invented a Christmas icon, Olaf the Swedish surprise bear, who would visit our home on Christmas Eve and give very intentional gifts to each member of the family. Olaf didn't just give like something generic like a gift card. He gave each person something that was specific for them. And in doing that, my dad sort of was mirroring or imaging a God who loves to give gifts to his creation and to his people. And in verse 7, we read that to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. The ultimate gift that God gives us is grace. Grace. That through Christ, Jesus, God does not see you or me as sinners, but as saints, as his own children. And then God also goes on to give very specific gifts to each one of us and to his church, which is observation number two. God gives the church the gift of leadership or leaders. And just as Olaf, the Swedish surprise bear would give intentional gifts to each person in our family, God, who's the best giver, gives intentional gifts to each person. In verse 11 and 12 of our text, we read this. It was he, God, the giver, who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers. We could spend a long time talking through the list, which is probably not a comprehensive list of all spiritual gifts given to every follower of Jesus, as we maybe read in other passages, but this list specifically points to gifts given to the church in the position of leaders, people in a position of leadership. We could talk through this list of apostles and prophets and evangelists and what they mean, but I want to focus on the last gift given, which is pastors or teachers, There's some disagreement among scholars about the word pastor. It's also translated as shepherd, frequently translated shepherd. There's also some disagreement about this idea of a pastor, shepherd, or teacher, whether that's one role or two roles, but people would generally think that if a teacher is a different role, it's sort of a sub-role of a pastor or a shepherd. So today, we're celebrating the installment of Sam as our lead pastor, shepherd, teacher. And we should notice the word to describe a pastor. It's shepherd. It's not CEO. It's not political or cultural pundit. It's not talking head. It's not purveyor of religious goods and services. The word is shepherd. The dictionary dictionary definition of shepherd is this. We'll put it up on the screen. A person who protects, guides, or watches over a group of people. Graham mentioned it this morning during our time of worship, and John 10 tells us that our real shepherd, our true shepherd, is Jesus. Our true shepherd is Jesus Christ. But pastors are called to model Jesus' humble servant leadership. And a pastor who desires to guide and lead his church is a really good gift. Third thing, church leaders, in this text we read that they equip, equip. They don't do everything. They equip So verse 12 tells us the job of pastors. It says this, to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. So we often think of church leaders as the ones who do ministry. That's true and untrue as well. Yes, Sam is a minister of the gospel. Sam will devote vocational time and energy to pastor, shepherd, teach, and lead this church. But his role as shepherd is to prepare all of us to do ministry. All of you have been given gifts to be used in the kingdom of God. Sam just happens to be a person that's helping to equip all of us to do ministry. Think about this practically, okay? Can Sam personally disciple everyone in this room? Can Sam even know everyone in this room? And this is a percentage of people in our church. Can Sam reach reach Dover and the seacoast with the gospel? Can Sam care for the needs of the poor and the marginalized? Can Sam disciple your children and teach them to love God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength? Can Sam get to know your neighbors and pray for them and look for an opportunity to share the gospel? Sam and Wendy and their family can do some of those things, but you're equipped to do most of those things. And Sam is going to try to equip us to do those things. I remember a time when someone visited our church. This was years ago. And he said to me, I had never met him. He said, hey, I just want you to know, your greeting game is weak. The only people that talked to me were professional Christians. Now, this was before we had a greeting team. Keith and Lisa did a great job this morning. People are greeting. But his thing was, it seems to me that people who want to talk to new people are people that work for the church. And he was kind of saying, like, everyone should want to talk to new people because everyone should be equipped to do the work. I'm not trying to make you feel guilty if, if someone's talked to you or not talked to you or I haven't talked to you or anything like that. But it's like the idea is that, oh, there's a new person. Sam should meet them. No, maybe I should meet them. Right? Like, Sam equips us to do some of that stuff. So two applications as we round third and head towards home, and then we'll hear from a few more folks. Okay, two things to think about. Okay, number one, pray for your pastor. Number two, be pastored by your pastor. First of all, pray for your pastor. Let's pray for Sam. Let's pray for Wendy and their family. He's walking into a hard job. Our church has been through hard times. We've had two pastors leave. We've had people in our church leave. We've had hard conversations. We've had disagreements over political, cultural, theological issues, and we're going to have more. We're going to have more, and Sam's going to help lead us through that, but he needs prayer. Wendy needs prayer. His children need prayer. Jamie, our former pastor, said frequently it's like leaders have large targets on our back, like Satan, the evil one, is is especially after leaders. This example I'm going to give is not scriptural, but in the Movie, The Patriot, about 20 years, 20 years ago, movie with Mel Gibson, there's a scene where a British British general is talking to his troops, and he says, when you go into battle, shoot the generals first, because it creates confusion among the soldiers as well. And that's what happens with leaders, why there's a larger target on their back. So these leaders need, need prayer, need a lot of prayer. And this week, even in the newsletter, we're going to send out like a list of sort of prayer prompts that we could pray for our pastor and his family, But I'll close with, I'll give you this verse from Hebrews 13, 7, where we read, Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Remember your leaders. Pray for your leader. The last thing is this, let's be pastored by our pastor. We're calling Sam to lead and guide this church. That means we need to listen to to him and allow ourselves to be instructed by him. Sam is not a podcast pastor. Here's what I mean by that. Sam is gonna teach, we're gonna put up a podcast. That's so if you miss church, maybe you could listen to what's going on. But there are better podcasts out there than the Be Free Church podcast, even though ours is great. And part of the blessing and curse of our information age is we could go online and listen to preachers around the world this afternoon. We could listen to someone preach from London or New York or Africa. And that's a blessing, but we could also turn those people off. And those people don't really know us. They don't know Dover, New Hampshire. They don't know our context and our life. And if those are our pastors, well, they sort of, we're also not really submitting to their authority. And if you go through my podcast, you'll see some preachers that I like to listen to. But Sam is my pastor. And as a member in this church, I desire to place myself under the authority of this church. And I would expect that Sam, as the leader, would have things to teach to me and to this church. So I expect Sam would have encouraging things to say to us. I would expect he would have hard things to say to us. I would personally encourage you, maybe when you come here, to take notes. I'm not trying to make you feel guilty if you do or don't, but this might be the most important thing you hear all week. So let's pray for Sam, let's pray for Wendy, let's be pastored by Sam, and let's thank God that he's a great gift giver, and he has given us the gift of a newly pastor to lead our church. I'm gonna say a quick prayer, and then we're gonna have two videos of people that are gonna give sort of video greetings for this moment that we install Sam, and then afterwards, Chris Clinch is gonna come up and share. Father God, thank you that you are a great gift giver. And as we enter Christmas, we know the best gift you gave was yourself by coming to earth, by identifying with us, living for us, and dying for us. Thanks for the leaders that you give us who mirror you as the great shepherd, and we thank you for Sam, for Wendy. We thank you for Isabel, for Nadia, for Seth. We thank you for their family. We thank you for calling them to this church for this time. We thank you for Sam's role in Nita as district superintendent and his role to pastor our church. We pray that we would um, we would pray for him and his family and that we would allow ourselves to be led and shepherded by him thank you that he wants to lead us into good places into places where we're going to be more fully equipped to reach you with the gospel or to reach this community and the world with the gospel in jesus name we pray amen we're going to play two quick videos
1: good morning be free dover my name is paul Volver. i'm the pastor at trinity church in windsor vermont and uh, now recently, also the uh, Northwest Regional Superintendent worked alongside Sam Huggard and Scott Solberg in, uh, here in the New England District. I, on behalf of your brothers and sisters here at Trinity Church, uh, I, I just want to congratulate you and just celebrate with you uh, this the decision to call Sam as your pastor. I think this is just a real great move of, from strength to strength for uh, Be Free Dover, for you all there, as well as for us in the district. And just really excited to see what the Lord has in store for us as a district, as followers of Christ, in the Evangelical Free Church, and uh, how he will be leading us uh, in the years ahead through Sam's leadership there at Be Free Dover and his leadership in the district. And as Scott and I come alongside him as well, just to see how the Lord really um, multiplies and grows the work uh, of the Evangelical Free Church in New England. These are challenging times to be sure, but I I trust that you guys have a great uh, pastor in Sam, uh, just as we have a great uh, leader in the district, and uh, just look forward to how the Lord works. So be blessed, and um, we will be praying for you, uh, and enjoy this day of uh, installing Sam as your pastor. Take care.
2: Hello, Be Free Church in Dover. Uh, my name is Scott Solberg. I am pastor of Weathersfield Evangelical Free Church in Weathersfield, Connecticut, and I've just become the regional superintendent, uh, working alongside Sam and under Sam's leadership as uh, we seek to come around churches and pastors in the New England area and encourage them and uh, join together with them in seeking to be salt and light uh, in New England. And so, I find it a great joy to be able to come to you via video today and to celebrate with you uh, what God has done. Uh, Obviously, I've been uh, aware and involved in conversation with Sam uh, along the way as he's been discerning God's leading in his life. And uh, I know that you've been processing that as well. And it's exciting to see you come to this point where uh, you are coming together, joining together uh, to seek to uh, represent Christ and his kingdom In the dover region and i hope that you sense uh looking back seeing how god has led you through this journey that it's a reminder to us that uh, and to you that god is at work uh, in your church and uh, this is a tangible way to be able to uh, point to that one of the things we're asking at our church is where do you see the holy spirit at work and uh, when you see it uh, to give god glory for it and so i want to give glory to god Uh, for the way God has just knit your hearts together, and uh, together you have come to this point where you recognize that this is God's leading for your church, and that's worthy of celebrating, and uh, I celebrate that with you uh, today. Uh, The second thing I would just simply say is that uh, I am excited uh, to be part of a a group uh, that is bigger than my own local setting, my own local church, and so I feel like I'm a part of you and that you're a part of us because together we are uh, seeking to influence New England uh, for the cause of Christ. And so I just want to encourage you, let you know that I'll be praying for you, uh, let you know that I view you as uh, part of what God is doing in my life and in Connecticut and New England and uh, the greater region. And uh, I really am excited for the fact that we are here for a time such as this. And so I encourage you to think big. Uh, God can do beyond what you can imagine or think. Start small and then dig deep, deep into each other. Uh, And I believe that God will use that uh, for generations to come. And so I celebrate with you today. I'm excited about what God is doing. I hope I can meet you in person sometime. And uh, be be sure that I'll be praying for you. And uh, God bless you. And God bless you, Sam and Wendy.
3: Hey, good morning. Be Free Dover. Uh, it's good to be with you. My name is uh, Chris Clinch. I get to be the uh, lead pastor over at uh, Be Free Barrington. And uh, I'm bringing greetings as well from uh, Tim Monahan and the folks at uh, from uh, Be Free Summersworth and from Ben Rule and the folks up at uh, Be Free Alton. And uh, we're stoked uh, and really uh, glad for you and celebrate with you this morning. You know, uh, we as uh, uh, churches as, as, as pastors and uh, our leadership teams and in small groups and on Sunday mornings. Uh, for this past year, we have been praying along with you uh, uh, during this uh, remarkable journey that, that you've been on as a church family. Uh, we've watched your remarkable resiliency in the midst of difficult times. We've recognized your remarkable humility to listen to one another. Uh, while seeking God's guidance together. Uh, This morning, we applaud your remarkable unity uh, to move forward trusting in the goodness of God. Uh, Listen, you have been an honor to God and a witness for Jesus Christ to us and to all who know you and can see you at work. Uh, This has been a wonderful process that God has been uh, sovereignly guiding you through. This morning, we're celebrating with you as uh, Sam proves to be the answer uh, to uh, those prayers. That he uh, is the provision from God to be the lead pastor here uh, with you at Be Free Dover. And God has been equipping him for such a time as this, uh, as Scott mentioned. As you know, Sam genuinely brings the composite qualities to be your lead pastor. You say, what are those? I'll tell you, you can put them on your fridge. (laughs) All right, there are these, character, Calling, capacity, camaraderie, competency. Sam walks into these, Sam wears these well. I can't begin to tell you how glad I am uh, that Sam and Wendy will be joining you here. Literally, I can't begin because Bjorn restricted my time. <laughs> I could, but I can't. Uh, apparently, I should have sent a video. <coughs> right. But I can quickly say this, as you know, it would be very difficult to do better than having Sam and Wendy in the house. Uh, you all are phenomenally blessed, phenomenally blessed as a gift from God. Well, let me close with this. <coughs> um, Jesus said these words, and these are, these are um, profound, you know, it's like, like everything he doesn't say is profound, but. He said this, he said, my father is always working, and so am I. And that means during this whole process, God has been working in you and through you, but not just in and through you, but God has been working in this community. Even though the community, which is people, might not see it, might not be aware of it, God has been at work. God is at work now. God will be at work going forward. He'll be at work in you to do a work through you. And here's the cool thing. He has a lot of good for you to do. A lot of good for you to do. So I echo what Scott said. These are wonderful times. God bless you.
4: I'm Brad Johnson. I'm here with my wife, Kathy, and everything I've heard, I think is true, the glorification of Sam. (laughs) I'm Brad Johnson, and I'm married to my wife, Kathy, who is here with me. I've got four kids, 40 to 32. We were married when we were 10 and five. (laughs) Um, We've got six grandchildren with another one coming. She's counting. I think I'm right. Um, they live close by, so they keep us busy in retirement, because as of January 1, I retired from over 40 years of ministry. Uh, I've been a youth pastor, an interim pastor several times, um, an associate pastor, an assistant pastor, and a senior pastor. So I've pretty much done it all. And as uh, was, was mentioned earlier, my last two years of ministry were the hardest years of, of my 40 because I was going through COVID, I was going through um, Trump is God and Biden is God, and I was going through, um, we're all racist and nobody's racist, and I was so happy to be done. But then I stepped right into a district job where I go and I help all the pastors who are going through that. My wife and I are um, directors of pastoral care. We meet with pastors and their wives all over the New England district, part-time, of course. Sam asked me to give a challenge to him. I'm not exactly sure why he asked me other than that we're good friends. Maybe he thought that because he's my boss, I can't say too much bad about him. I can only say good to him. But this just feels like such a really strange kind of message. Uh, first of all, um, this is really meant just for Sam. So I thought about taking the Podium and going right down in front of him and talk to him. Um, I didn't know if you were live streaming, so I guess I, I can't do that. Um, but it just seems really strange. I preached during COVID to empty sanctuary, um, but this is where everybody else is listening in to what I say. So I do have to be a little careful, I guess. Um, the, the second thing is that, you know, because he is still the New England district superintendent, and I hope that's not a surprise to anybody, um, I'm on past district staff, and so to give a public challenge to your boss um, you know it's, well, here goes. And I also got to be careful, because I'm a preacher and I've only got 10 minutes, you know, 10 minutes. How do you do that, Chris? I, you can't. It's impossible. So here goes. Um, Sam, it's one thing to watch someone else do something, but it's another to do it yourself. You're about to be involved again with pastoral ministry. I don't want you to forget you wanted this. (laughs) When the Old Testament leader Joshua went from watching Moses to actually leading and being God's leader into the promised land, God had some words for Joshua. And those words were, be strong and courageous. Sam, I might give you those same words, be strong and courageous. I figure if God said it, I'm on good foundation to say it to you. Now, let's refresh our memories of Joshua. As far as we know, he began life in Egypt. He saw the miracles of the exodus and the 40 years of wandering. He learned from Moses. He was called in many places in Scripture, Moses' assistant. He was one of two who said yes at Kadesh Barnea. Yes, let's go in and take the promised land. Yeah, they're giants, but we can do it. He had already been through a couple of military conquests where he was the leader. Now he's the leader. My first thought is, he's already lived a life of strength and courage. Why does God need to say that to him? This is why I think. Be strong and courageous, verse 6 says of Joshua 1. For you shall cause this people to inherit the lamb that I swore to their fathers to give to them. It's a new task. And every time we go through a new task, we need to refresh our minds and our hearts, be strong and courageous. Joshua was given something new. Go in and take the promised land. He needed new strength. He needed a new set of courage to meet this task. This church is different than previous ministry. It's a different time than previous ministry. Every church has a unique personality and a special mission for the gospel. Together with the leadership of this church, you will need to be strong and courageous in finding that mission And discovering what promised land God has and wants for this congregation. It's a new task. So how can you accomplish the new task? This is how, verse 7. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. When you find that mission for the church, you'll need to be strong and very courageous. Very courageous, it says. Your mission, should you accept it, must be submission to the gospel. It must be based in Jesus of the gospel, as he's found in his word. What does God want for Be Free Community Church Dover? Where does he want to take this church? And when you find that out, you can't turn from either to either the right or to the left. That takes strength and lots of courage in this culture that we live in. You want to know how to do this? This is specific, verse 8 This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Your focus to be strong and courageous must be God's word. This was the focus Joshua was supposed to have. God didn't just give him great leadership skills or military strategy, and you may have both. God gave Joshua strength and courage by staying focused on his word. And by the way, it isn't optional. Verse 9, have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous? Do not be frightened, do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. He commanded Joshua and even told him, don't be frightened, don't be dismayed. It is so easy to get dismayed with a church, just dissatisfied. God promises, though, however, he won't leave you. And you know as well as I do, there will be days where that's about all you can hold on to. He's there. He won't leave. You know why you can be strong and courageous? Because it depends on Him. It's not on you. Like so much of what it means to walk in faith. It depends totally on Him. And especially not the people you lead or the people who are supposed to follow you. I got to admit, when I read these next verses in 16 and 17, I had not seen these before. I mean, I've, re- I've read them many, many times. Never did God hit me with it. Verses 16 and 17. And this is where the church is not listening. And they answered Joshua, all that you have commanded us, we will do. Wherever you send us, we will go. Just as we obeyed Moses in all things, so we will obey you. Only may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. I can't believe this is a joke that's in Scripture. I think the people really believed this. But when you stop and think, I'm going to read it again. Just as we obeyed Moses in all things, so we will obey you. Read your Old Testament. That hardly never happened. But we're going to do it just like like we did with Moses. (laughs) Remember the golden calf? Remember the complaining and complaining? Remember the constant disobedience? No, I'm not saying Dover Church will be that way. But you will have people that believe they are following God and are in total disobedience. But fortunately, it's not dependent upon those who are supposed to follow as to how obedient you're supposed to be. So I simply uh, end with uh, verse 18, again says, only be strong and courageous. Now, when God says something once, yeah, we should listen. He says a second time. You better take notice. Has it a third time? Wow, this must be important. And then a fourth time. He says in this one chapter, to a guy who's already lived a life of being strong and courageous, I would suggest just as you have. Be strong and courageous the Lord's words for you, Sam.
0: Thanks, Brad. That was great. At this point, um, we would like Sam and Wendy to come up, and we're going to spend some time in prayer for them as we install uh, Sam as, as, as the newly pastor. So Sam and Wendy, why don't you come up, and I'd also invite people uh, who are on the elder team, and also we're part of the candidate team to come up as well, and we're going to surround them and pray for them. Uh, and Chris, yeah, you as well. So uh, candidate team, elder team, um, come on up. And um, what we're going to do is we're actually going to like lay hands on them uh, and pray for them. Um, if you've, um, maybe you're like newer to church, or this is the first time you might, might feel a little bit weird, but uh, the thought is that we're literally um, kind of commissioning uh, Sam as the lead pastor, Wendy as his, uh, you know, his soulmate, his spouse, his his, um, working alongside him in this, and and by extension, their family as well. So Chris is going to read some scripture to us, and then um, a few folks are going to pray. So do we have a microphone as well? Awesome. Okay, great. So Emily and Mike and Nick are going to pray. And so I'd invite you, like, you're going to hear scripture and a few people praying, but really try to, like, really like pray along with us in your heart this is an important time this is a huge celebration um so let's uh let's pray and commit these wonderful people um to the lord as um the leadership of our church
3: let me read to you from second timothy four uh verses one through five i solemnly urge you in the presence of god and christ jesus who will someday judge the living and the dead when he comes to set up his kingdom preach the word of god be prepared Whether the time is favorable or not, patiently correct, rebuke, and encourage your people with good teaching. For a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires and will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. They will reject the truth and chase after myths. But you should keep a clear mind in every situation. Don't be afraid of suffering for the Lord work at telling others the good news, and fully carry out the ministry God has given you.
5: Dear God, thank you for this couple. Thank you for bringing them to us um, at a time when we were in need. Thank you for the lives that they've lived um, leading up to this point and the ways that you've pursued them and loved them and bound them together. Pray that you would bind them together with yourself further um, as we continue forward. As a church, I pray that um, they would be able to shake free the sin that we know is so easy to get entangled in, hold fast to you, and um, run the race with faith and um, humility. Thank you for the ways that you have worked in them through their family. I pray that you would bless them abundantly, that their children would have what they need from them, and that we would follow them well as members of this church. Give them the courage and the, um, the strength that they need to follow you without compromise, that they would um, bend their knee only to you, not to the idol of approval or what we think of them, God, but that they would only want you. pray that we would see that in them, that we would um, follow them as they are following you, and that you would use this church to pursue this area pursue the people in our lives, God, um, and give us the discretion and the, um, the humility to follow them and reach out and do the good work that you've prepared for us.
6: Lord, we are continually amazed by your, your graciousness, your faithfulness, your love, and your provision. And Lord, as we know, you provide at the right time if we had if you had told us a year ago that we would be in this place this day i'm not sure that we would have believed it but we know you well enough lord to know that you don't tell us what the future is going to look like and you allowed us to walk by faith you allowed sam and wendy to walk with us by faith and that you moved on their hearts our hearts and the hearts of those in the district to bring us to this place. So we are just amazed by your faithfulness, by your calling on their lives, and we we just uh, wanna express our gratefulness to you because it's because of you that we are here today.
7: God, we thank you so much for your your never failing love for us. Um, as, As we think about where we've been over the last couple years as a church, Um, And as we think about um, Sam and Wendy and where they've been personally on their journey, we we think about all these things, both the good and the bad. um, And and we trust that you've been working, that you've been leading, that you are guiding, and that you're leading us forward. We thank you so much for where we are now. We thank you, it's just such a great day, uh, a great opportunity uh, to, to thank you that we have a new lead pastor here. Um, We pray that in Sam's ministry that that your holy name would be made known. We pray that you'd bless him with power and boldness to teach your word and proclaim your goodness and your mercy. We pray that the work that Sam and Wendy do here and and through the district is for your kingdom. We ask that your kingdom would come and your will be done. Bless them through your spirit to love and serve you with joy and to work for justice and peace. We pray that you would give them the things that they need. Bless Sam and Wendy with the things they need each day. Work moment by moment in their lives. We pray you'd pour out your spirit on Sam. Give him your wisdom and understanding. Comfort and instruct them. We pray that Sam's ministry be marked by forgiveness. Forgive his sins. Help him to forgive others. Bless him with humility. Bless him with patience. Bless him with kindness. We pray for Sam and Wendy that you'd lead them away from temptation and deliver them from evil. Uh, We we reflect and, and we acknowledge that our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against the powers of this dark world. So we pray this morning that you would defend and protect Sam and Wendy and their family. We pray against the evil one who would cause chaos and harm. Guard your servants. Protect them with your mighty hand. Again, we pray that you would bless Sam and Wendy. Bless the church. Continue the good work that you have begun in all of us. May their lives and our, all of our lives overflow with the joy that comes from knowing and serving you both now and forever. We pray all this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. let a round of That's for Sam and Wendy.
8: With that joyful news, let's rise to worship the Lord for one more song. so sweet to trust in Jesus just to take Him at His word, just to rest upon His promise, just to know that say the Lord Oh, how sweet to trust We're on
3: What a wonderful morning. Uh, as Mike was praying, he uh, mentioned uh, this time last year, couldn't imagine being at this place. And I, I agree. <laughs> God's done a lot in a year. Uh, I, it made me also wonder what's going to happen uh, a year from now, looking back. What will God have done in this year? I don't know. Uh, much about the future is uncertain, but this I do know uh, that Jesus leads his church, Jesus builds his church, Jesus intends his church to grow in love and unity together. And Jesus has already prepared good works for us to walk in together. So I look forward to what that's going to look like in the year to come. Let's be sent with these words. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.
8: Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above the heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen. Go in peace.